Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. That is a quote by Harriet Tubman. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. This is episode 107. The topic of this week's episode is be patient, be present, be joyful. My guest this week is Ryan Stanley. Ryan is an author, podcast host, screenwriter, speaker, and life coach. He is known for his impressively natural ability to connect with, understand, and empower those who are willing to make significant changes in their personal and professional lives so that they can end up being the best versions of themselves. Ryan has changed the lives of hundreds of clients from all walks of life. He is the author of the book, Be Patient, Be Present, Be Joyful, a first aid kit for the emotional bumps, scrapes, and bruises of life. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hey, Trina. Thank you so much for having me. Been looking forward to it all week. Super excited to be here. I'm excited as well, and I love your energy. Your energy is just great. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation. So I see you're an entrepreneur. You are a personal excellence coach as well as an author. Now, how I like to start out our conversations on Trina Talk is I want to get to know a little bit about you is how you are the Ryan that you are today. And how did that come to be? Yeah, uh, that is a great question and a great place to start. Uh, you know, I'm a 45, I just turned 45 this past summer. And so I'm a 45-year-old guy living in New Jersey. Uh, to your point, I'm, I'm an author, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a life coach. Um, I think a big part of my journey uh, to be who I am today has been just the pursuit of entrepreneurialism in general. Uh, I kind of see entrepreneurship as a form of art. And I think that when you realize or when you take that perspective and you recognize that, um, you know, painters, musicians, sculptors, they come up with an idea in their mind first, right? And then they know the different pieces that they need to put together to to come out with that that piece of art in the end. Entrepreneurs are very similar. They know what they want to create. And in a a similar space to an artist, they're there putting it out into the masses, right? And they're, they're putting it out to be judged by others and hope for a return that will We'll give them some sort of either financial or, um, you know, society response, right? <laughs> so my pursuit of an entrepreneur as a younger person, always wanting to kind of create different businesses, I think has been a big part of who I am. And through that, developed my own understanding of personal development because, you know, entrepreneurship isn't always the easiest journey. And so you have to be focused on who you want to be. You have to decide what type of a mindset you want to have every day. And, um, you know, a lot of the, 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 I guess, the path to me becoming a coach and serving others and writing books that serves others has been through my own lessons and my own challenges and my own uh, interest in, in serving others, but also learning about my, my myself and my own, my own spiritual journey. 
And that's interesting you say that because I think, like you said, entrepreneurs, they think alike because me being an entrepreneur in all my life, I've wanted to have my own business. Now I'm finally in that point where I'm like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. But it's interesting you compared it to art. And I say it's interesting because my daughter is an artist and I've always looked at her as, oh my goodness, she's so creative. You know, I don't have that kind of um, talent or that that my brain doesn't work that way. But I guess as being an entrepreneur, it does kind of work that way. It's absolutely. Wow. That was a great point. We are all creators. We're always creating something, right? I mean, and really in the grand scheme of things, we're literally right now, you and I are creating two people uh, recording an awesome podcast, right? There are, when you, when you get up in the morning, you decide what you're going to create. I'm going to create a happy person. I'm going to create a business. I'm going to create a sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're always, you know, we create music, we create laughter, we create conversation. We're always creating. Uh, and in fact, I, when I started off my coaching business, I initially coached musicians and people in the music industry because prior to becoming a certified professional coach, I was in artist management and I managed a bunch of bands. And so interestingly enough, recognizing that musicians and so are, are entrepreneurs as well. And to your point, kind of talking about your daughter as just as a creative person, an artistic person, a lot of the time people don't realize that about musicians, that they are also entrepreneurs. And so it goes both ways. They are also creating things that, you know, that, that's kind of coming from nowhere and they're, they're putting it out to the masses uh, for, you know, judgment, but also for, you know, ideally financial gain um, and a way to make a living. And so when you really just look at any point, I guess that was why it's easy for me to also kind of make the comparison and say that entrepreneurs are also creatives mm-hmm. and also, you know, making something. Wow. Making an art. Interesting. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because I was going to ask, what did you do before diving into your entrepreneurial journey? And you said you was artist management, you managed bands. Yeah. T- tell me, yeah. Um, tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thanks for asking. So, I mean, I've, I've really always been working either my own company or I've been like worked as part of a startup and a family member. Like I've, I just love entrepreneurship and I really wasn't able, wasn't able to do the, 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 the corporate route uh, from a younger age. And so, um, I, you know, I've, I've owned my own daycare center with my father. I've worked in startups in um, like title, the title industry. I've worked in a couple different things. More recently though, right? It was about 2008 and I own this artist management company. I was managing bands. I love live music. I love being an entrepreneur. I love what I love most about artistic management was connecting with, with these typically younger people, like people in their late teens, early twenties, who were, um, you know, just kind of getting into the industry and wanted to, you know, had this dream and wanted to, to share their gift with the world. And that can be a lonely place sometimes, especially in an industry that seems so big and difficult. And so I loved being the person who was there to kind of let them know that like, hey, you can set huge goals. We can keep going forward. We can create whatever life we want. It's going to take action. It's going to take time. It's going to take consistency. It's going to take focus, but we can definitely do this. And a lot of the time, I was the only person in these people's lives who was having that type of conversation with them. And so I recognized that. And that's what I loved most about being an artist manager. I didn't necessarily love dealing with shady club owners. Mm. And I did like if I was working with a band and maybe half the members didn't want to show up to practice on time or care how many gigs we got, or, you know, it turned more into babysitting than it was really about creating, you know, and, and being a team. So there's three or four other things that I didn't just love. It wasn't ideal for my, my every aspect of what I wanted to do every day. And so like three times during the same, it was October of 2008, like three times during the same month, I heard the term coach. It was like life coach, business coach, health coach. I was like, well, you know what, that's, that's what I do. That's who I am. Uh, so I did a little bit of research. And then in 2009, I, I became certified to become a, you know, a certified as a professional coach. 
And I would say next to parenthood, coaching is the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. I will absolutely do it on some level for the rest of my life. Really? Yeah, you know, there are two places where you're consistently teaching and learning at the same time. So it's really, in, in my opinion, the way that I, I, I'd, I'd say, like, if you're doing it right, but I think from a parenting standpoint, the way I prefer to do it is probably the best way for me to say that is where I am present with my children. I am looking to learn from the situation. I am um, really hearing what they're saying and what they're not saying. And it's very similar in coaching. You, you really just want to be there with them. You want to hold their agenda, make sure that you've got clarity on everything they're saying so that you're not necessarily saying, hey, I've had the best life. And if you do everything I've done, you're also going to have a best life. You're really saying you have the answers already within and you're blocked by fears and you're blocked by limiting beliefs and you're blocked by past experience, uh, uh, past experiences, all which makes sense, by the way. There's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly, it makes sense. You are exactly who you should be for every single second of life you've lived up until this moment. That being said, it's not necessarily who you want to be. And so what are your opportunities for growth, right? So as a coach, I come in and I ask them questions that they would not have asked themselves because of those past experiences, because of those blocks, because of those fears. And so I help them get clarity on what they really want to be, who they really want to be. I ask them powerful questions. I hold them accountable to start taking action in that, that path um, and really let them know that the, the truth underneath of who they actually are and what their potential is and help them to reach it. But I, I'm not actually saying do it this way. Otherwise, you're wrong. You know what I mean? Right, right. And no, and I, I get that with being a parent. I, I totally agree with you. And and it's funny because we're just segueing into the questions that I've been thinking that I want to ask you. And it really makes sense. So you are a certified internal coach as well as a professional excellence coach. Can you tell so, yeah. the difference or is there a difference? Uh, absolutely. So no, so I'll just give you some clarity on that, on that the description there. Um, so I'm a certified professional coach, which means I was trained by an organization called IPEC, the Institute for Professional Excellence and Coaching. Mm-hmm. They are what's called an ACTP or an accredited coach training program through what's called the International Coaching Federation or the ICF. And so IPEC is one of the, if not the, depending on your perspective, top coach training program in the world. And I was certified through them. And so that's what gives me my certification as a coach. Now, an internal coach is an actual position and a role. So I don't have that role anymore, but I have been in the past. And I was actually the internal coach for that that organization, IPEC. So they trained me to become a coach. uh, And even before I graduated, I got to know a lot of the leadership within the organization. They actually asked me to come work for them before I graduated. And I had a number of different roles there, but one of them was the internal coach where I coached all the staff. So everybody from entry level up to the CEO, I would coach them on, you know, what's going on with work, what's going, how are you getting on with others, what, what, you know, any stresses or overwhelm that that comes with anybody's given job, um, but also who do you want to be as a human being and, and more personal areas of their life as well. Um, so I've been an internal, in fact, that's so for the first five or six years of my career, while I was coaching my own clients, there were more in the music industry after really taking on that role of an internal coach where I worked with people from all walks of life, uh, I've now just broadened my um, audience in general. So now I work with authors, I work with people in marketing, I work with um, doctors, I work with people all, all walks of life, people who are genuinely interested in just literally being the best versions of themselves and willing to do something about it. Wow. And thank you for clarifying that. And that was going to be my next question. Who do you work with? Now, when you work with people and you say you work with people from all walks of life, how do they come about coming to you? Is there a certain aspect of it? Like, like I have a speaking coach and I have a business coach, but you're, you're kind of different and you're almost, I would almost say like a therapist almost, but you're a coach. Um, when your clients come to you, are they coming to you saying that 
I have this specific area in my life that I need help with? Or how how does that come about? Yeah, great, great question. So it depends on the individual. So typically people will find me in a couple different ways. So it's actually, there's a couple different things to unpack there. So the first thing is um, you're absolutely correct. It's different from, you know, those vocal coach or, you know, the, the very specific actions, like here's what you're coming. Here's what we're going to get out of it. Right. It's a finance coach. Like we're really going to focus right on this particular area of your life. And whereas a life coach in my, or a self-leadership coach really just focuses more on what does your whole way of being, who do you prefer to be? Are you waking up every day on fire for life? Do you have intention? Do you have purpose? Are you following that? Are you creating the life that you deserve and you know of your ability to do it? Like that's, that's who I, how I focus. Uh, and then, so now to your next point about it being similar to therapy, there's certainly very um, similar aspects. So I do ask a lot of questions. Uh, there are different modalities to help people. I, I would say the two major differences are one, and this is painting with a very broad brush, right? Obviously, there's a lot of different forms of therapy. There's a lot of different types of coaching, but with a very broadly speaking, therapy is typically working with people who on some level are not functional and, and want to become functional. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of the, the intention. Whereas coaching is working with people who are functional and really want to make it, want to become more optimal. Mm-hmm. Right? They know they've got a higher potential and they just haven't been able to reach it on their own based on, as we said earlier, blocks, fears, limiting beliefs, these types of things. Therapy typically spends a lot of time looking at the past and really kind of staring at it and asking questions and being curious about it and, and really analyzing it so that we can see who we are and why we are. Whereas coaching is, you certainly touch on the past occasionally just for a point of reference, but coaching from at least the way I do it is more looking at the present and the future and creating a bridge between the two. So really deciding who we'd prefer to be. We're looking at who we are, where we are now. We may touch on how we got to be here, but really who are we and who do we want to be? What would we want to be different? How, how can we take responsibility physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally for our behaviors, for our, our, our life? Uh, and start shifting it in the way that we take control and then live more on purpose. Um, so people find me, I mean, obviously through my book, I, I've been getting a lot of people, especially since COVID has, has begun, but, um, or had become last year. And people find me through, um, you know, my website. In fact, a lot of the time it's referrals. So I still work with musicians. It's not that I don't anymore, but I just don't specifically market to them as a, as a brand as much as I just work with generally anybody who's interested in really living the best, best version of life. Mm-hmm. I think there was an additional question there. Forgive me if I, I, I skipped over it. No, that's good. No, and I'm loving what you're saying because everyone needs someone like you in their life, right? If they, as long as you're breathing, this is my opinion, as long as you're breathing on this earth, I think there's always better that you can be and living on intention and becoming your best self. I, I think that's something that everyone should strive for. So I'm really loving that that's what you're doing and that you're not just saying, oh, I only work with these certain people. You're working with people from all areas, all professions, all walks of life. And that's really a great thing because sometimes people do, they they know they have that potential of achieving better, but sometimes they just need a little roadmap to help them get there. Well, and here's the thing, you know, a lot of time people might also say, well, I have a friends for that. I have a family for that. And, and that's wonderful. And I'm, you know, it's, I think it's extremely important to surround ourselves with a supportive uh, group of people, right? Friends and family. The challenge though, is sometimes those, even when we go to them for guidance or we go to them for help is that they have their own agenda. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily mean it's always a bad thing. It's not like, oh, that they're trying to ruin your life, but they, sometimes their agenda is just that they love you and they don't want to see you get hurt. And that, but that hurt is based on their experience and not yours. And so they're going to guide you and they're going to give you advice based on what they think they would do based on their fears and their blocks and their limiting beliefs. 
And so unless you really just want to live the exact life that someone else is living, a friend or family member of yours, then they may not necessarily, even if you love them and enjoy spending time with them, they may not necessarily be the best one to be guiding you. And so as a coach, my only agenda is yours, right? So when we first start off working together, I help you because a lot of the time you, you know, the, the listener, the, the, cl- the client doesn't exactly know where they want to be. They think they do, but they haven't really gotten down to the details of it. Well, I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be rich, right? Well, what does that mean to you? What exactly? Let's see where you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can break that into such greater details. And so as a coach, we help them get clarity on who they really want to be and make sure they have clarity on it because I can't have clarity on it until you do. Right. And so then once we both have clarity on it, then I'm really just, that's it. I'm working towards it. And I don't care. Like I'm not your mom. So I'm not afraid of you getting hurt. And I don't care what your mom said to you. Third, this is just as, as an example, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I'm not going to come up and jump into any stories that are holding you back as much as I'm going to help you look at them from a detached perspective. Like, cool. So what if that didn't matter? Or what if your mom didn't say that? Or what if your friend didn't believe this? Or the, all these different reasons that could keep us from being small or keeping us from, from holding back and not stepping into our greatness. So I love being a part of that. I love um, you know, a lot of the time with my clients, it's not that I'm making a new you. I'm just showing, I'm just shining a light on the, the true potential of what's really there that you've, we've all been hiding um, with life and, stre- and stress and pain and overwhelm and these different things that, that tends to shadow our, our true self. You know, and I can tell in your voice, you really have a passion for this and you really love what you're doing. And there's always something that brings us to that point to really have that fire in our belly and passion about something. What was it for you that made you decide that this is what you wanted to do other than, you know, just working with the band people? There had to be something that made this your passion. I think it was really that I wanted to be the person I wish I had in my life when I was younger. Mm. And I think, interestingly enough, we all go through struggles. And I think, you know, in certain different aspects of my life, I've certainly had traumas. I've had challenges. Um, and they've, they've stretched me and they've helped me to grow. And, and I've had, you know, thank goodness I've had friends and family in my life and, and being surrounded by coaches often, you know, once I enrolled at IPAC back in 2009, so it's been 10 years. Um, I'm certainly a different person than I was 10 years ago. I'm a, I'm, I'm a way different person than I was five years ago, even a year ago. I mean, life is constantly changing. Part of my passion for this, um, and thank you for reflecting back to me because it is intentional, it is purposeful, is to be the best version of myself. You know, I have recognized that I got to a point where, you know, I recognize that every day I wake up, there is sunlight, there's gravity, there is oxygen just here so I can exist. And the more I start to step into that and realize that every single moment is not only a miracle, but an immense gift. And for me to not be doing anything with it that is inspiring, that is empowering, that is leaving a legacy, that is serving others, I'm wasting that gift and I'm really doing it a disservice. Mm-hmm. And so I, and, and having that love for life and having that understanding for the value of each given moment sharing that with others and allowing to bring that type of joy and passion and inspiration into their own life as well. So they can do it for others. Um, it's just a pretty, pretty amazing place to be. So the more I step into it, I think to kind of go back and answer your question, you know, was there a specific catalyst? I think just the journey itself uh, and seeing where I came from and, and knowing who I'm, I'm growing to be and knowing that I haven't even reached any type of a peak yet is in itself a reason to be passionate about life. Mm, yes, I get that. Now let's talk about your book. I love the title. Be patient be present, be joyful, a first aid kit for the emotional bumps, scrapes, and bruises of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for, for the opportunity. I mean, I, so as a coach for over a decade, I, first of all, as an entrepreneur, as a creator, like I love to make stuff, right? I love <laughs> to have something else to kind of, to build and to share with people. And so the, the, the concept of writing a book was just that I, as a coach for over a decade, I was seeing people 
have some challenges with some of these, these basic things. And I don't say basic in a belittling sense. And when I say people, I mean myself, I mean my friends, my family, other coaches, but they were basic things that we all have within us, which are patience. We are, which are, is the ability to be present, uh, the ability to create joy. And so all this being said, I'm not much of a reader, right? I, <laughs> I yes, it's funny, you know, I'm an author, but I don't read a ton of books. And when I do, there, I mean, there are some amazing books out there that will change your life. Often I'm, I'm more of an audible type of a guy. I will listen to them. But even then I get maybe three quarters of the way through. And for some reason, my brain just doesn't finish that. Mm-hmm. And, or, or even just sometimes I'll get halfway through and I start reading the same page over and over again, right? My brain drift, drifts elsewhere. So being in self-help, being in a, in a, a place where I'm, I'm coming up with, with people on a regular basis who are feeling stress, overwhelm, anxiety, those types of things. Like I, I just want a book that I can pick up and read in 25 minutes and feel better about myself, you know, and feel better where I am in the, in the now and decide who I want to be and have very tangible steps that I can walk away from. And I can't say that there are any other books. There are not any other books out there like that, but I, I didn't find any. And being a creator and being a, 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 um, a curious entrepreneur, I decided to make one. And so that's exactly what this is. There's a reason it's called a first aid kit for the emotional bumps and braises, uh, emotional bumps, scrapes, and bruises of life. Is it because it was made to keep in your glove compartment, to keep in your purse, to keep in your back pocket? If you're having a stressful day, you can A, either pick it up and read through it in 25, 30 minutes and really feel, feel better and ready to take action and who you want to be. Or B, once you've done that at any given point, the book was specifically designed to where you can open it up to any page and there's something on there. A very highlighted quote, a highlighted passage, maybe just a blurb at the end of each chapter. There's what's called band-aids. The whole back of the book is what's called CPR, which are just blurbs of of words that you can use in the moment. So it's literally meant to serve people on their journey and for them to kind of carry with them. Wow, that actually sounds very interesting. So you've created a pocket guide, so to speak of um inspiration yeah and it's it's written very conversationally i mean it's written the way that i'm speaking to you now it's you know there's some deep concepts but we obviously there's ways to get deeper into it when you look at the quantum physics level when you start really getting the depths of the science behind what happens when you're joyful what happens when you're present when when you create patience um, but it's not that type of a book. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's more like this is something that people of all ages can read and just kind of take a moment like, okay, this makes sense. I understand. And I, I'm happy to go over the concept with you real quick. If you'd like. Yes, please. So yeah, in fact, I already touched on a little bit of it. So there's only five chapters. Uh, the, the prologue is the concept that we are all creators. You know, I touched on the fact that we are all creating always, right? And every any given moment, we're creating all these different things, whether it be art, whether it be conversation, whether it be a sandwich, whether it be a human being dressed in blue. Even when you're sleeping, you're creating someone who is sleeping, right? We're always creating. And so knowing that, getting into that concept that we're always creating something, that, that's just kind of bridges some awareness for the prologue. But then chapter one is be patient. If you're stressed, if you're overwhelmed, if you're feeling anxious, a lot of the time it's because you feel like you're late for something and there's not enough time. Or you feel like you haven't gotten to where you want to be in your life, so there's not enough time. You feel like you're, you're sick and you're going to be sick forever, so there's not enough time. You want to be better now. All these different reasons have, have a lot to do with us not feeling there's enough time mm-hmm. and we're not where we're supposed to be. I'm not in the right relationship yet. There's not enough time for me to get one after this. Why am I wasting my time, right? So it's these different levels of, of impatience. And what we don't recognize that in that moment, while those feelings are 100%, you know, as I touched on earlier, completely valid based on your life experience, you are still creating them. You are still creating anxiety. You are creating frustration. You are creating impatience. You're, it's coming from within. It's not coming from outside. It's coming from within. You are creating it. Mm-hmm. And so now if you read the first chapter and you recognize the, the, the prologue and you recognize that you're a creator, chapter one talks about the opportunity to create patience. 
and to ask yourself important questions like how does a patient's how does patients feel mm. if i were to create patients right now what would i how would i behave how does a how do, what does a patient person look like how does a patient person behave and when you start thinking about this and you realize that i'm always creating something i could create this how does it feel to create this even just by asking yourself that question and being curious as to how to create patients you're in a sense now being patient because you're no longer staring at the stress of that I'm late, or the stress that I'm not where I want to be. So chapter one is be patient, create patience. And now that you're here and you're not worried about the future anymore, be here now, right? So chapter two, create presence. Look around you, as I touched on earlier, look around you for all the awesomeness that life has to give. Literally, oxygen, gravity, sunlight, just so that you can be here and exist today. So a lot of times people, I'm worried about what I said two weeks ago. I'm worried about what my friend on social media thinks. I'm worried about... Uh, something I did when I was in high school. I had a traumatic experience 10 years ago. We're constantly thinking about all these other things and that brings us stress. So being somewhere else, you know, be here now is, the, is an opportunity. What would it be like to create a person who is present? How does a present person behave? And so it gives some tips, you know, the, the, look, be here now, use all five of your senses. What do I smell? What do I see? What do I hear? Can I feel the, the air of skin of the, 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 against the skin of my face? Can I take around a look around? I mean, how often do you, you know, we, we see the amazing sunset every once in a while, but literally there's sunsets every single day, mm-hmm. every single moment. There's just, everything is happening for you. And this takes you to this whole other concept that life doesn't happen to me. It's literally happening for me. And when I start to be here now and appreciate the moment of now and that it is a gift and who do I want to be in it? That's when things start to really become magical. Mm-hmm. And that's when I move on to chapter three. So if you're here now, you're not waiting on anything anymore. You're not worried about what someone somewhere else thinks. You're not looking at the past. You're not worried about the future. How would you rather be feeling? So chapter three is joy. Create someone who is joyful. Create just a little bit more joy than you had a minute ago. If you think about a, someone who you love unconditionally, send someone a text who, that's you know, just sharing some love with them. Create gratitude. What can you be grateful for besides the obvious that I already mentioned? There's so many different things on any given day. The fact that you can even be hearing this podcast right now is, is a reason to be grateful, right? So there's always, and it's not just, well, at least I have my health. No, I have my health. <laughs> Like, this is a gift. Like, oh my gosh, thank you. Who, who do I want to be with it? Create joy, create love, create compassion, empathy. Like when you're, you're all these, all opportunities to, to share and, and empower others uh, and live life on purpose. And then the epilogue is just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like listen, your patience, your presence, on your worst day and on your best day. These two words will serve you more than any others because you are only off the path of your purpose if you decide you are. It's okay that you felt stressed. It's okay that you felt anxiety. It's okay that you felt overwhelmed. Anybody who went through exactly what you just went through would totally feel the same way. So there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not who you want to be forever. Your past doesn't have to equal your future. Mm -hmm. So keep going. Decide who you want to be. Take action on it every single day. Remind yourself of it every day. And on your best day, keep going. And on your worst day, keep going. Wow. Yes. I'm loving everything that you're saying, but... Well, if I were a person and I had this book and say, I'm the person who I know what you're saying makes sense. I comprehend it, but I'm still one of those people that I'm like, oh my God, woe is me. The world is against me. I want to do better. But how, how would you get to that point? Cause I'm pretty sure when you're coaching people, you may have to encounter some things like this. The person know they want better and they want to do better, but they're stuck. They're stuck in that, you know, just lack mentality. How do you help that person? 
So a couple different things. It's a great question. So first of all, sometimes I don't help that person. And that doesn't mean that I don't want to help that person, but you have to be coachable. Mm-hmm. You have to want to change and you have to be willing to take action and be willing to try. I've actually, I've had clients who don't take any action after a week or two. And then we just have this conversation and like, like, you know, why are you here? Are you willing to show up on purpose? Are you ready to do this? So it really has to come down to the person wanting to be different because it's not easy. You, you, as a person, you've developed all these habits of woe is me, the world is happening to me and life stinks and all these different things because you've had those same 60 to seven thoughts every single day, likely for the past decade plus. And so your, your brain and your emotion and your body has, has built this habit. You're, the people you surround yourself are those are the people that have those types of conversations. The shows you're watching on television are probably, you know, have a lot of drama around them. And that's what you feed off of. And that's what you're used to seeing and feeling and craving. So you need to decide that that's not who you want to be anymore. And if you're willing to decide that's not who you want to be anymore, then you have to decide who you want to be. And you have to be willing to not only just say, hey, I want to be happy. I want to be rich. I want to be healthy. You have to make time to, to literally spend time, create a blueprint, create a North Star. Who do I want to be? Because <laughs> if you're not living on purpose, then you're not living on purpose. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Living on purpose doesn't happen by accident. I say that all the time. And if you're not, you're, you don't decide, you're not living for a purpose. You're just here kind of going through the motions mm-hmm. and it can feel life is happening to you. And it's up to you to step into it and decide that's not going to happen anymore. And I have a choice every single day when I wake up, if this is the life that I want to live. And if we get caught up in this, well, this happened when I was younger and this happened to me yesterday. My friend is a jerk and my husband is this, my wife is that. You're coming with all the reasons why your life isn't good. And it's up to you to decide to change that narrative, to change that thought, change that process, and then start creating gratitude for the life that you want instead of creating anger and stress for the life that you don't want. Mm -hmm. We get so caught up in looking at our past and all the bad things that happened to us that we don't make time to energetically create joy and love and gratitude for what we do want. Because when you start creating joy, love, and gratitude for what you do want, you start seeing aspects of it everywhere. And then you create more love and joy and gratitude for that. And then life gives you more of it because of it. Yes. Yes. I so agree. I am right there with you. And it's a shame that more people don't think like that. It's like life just passed them by. And before they know it, they're going, oh, you know, I should have, would have, could have, because they weren't present. They were too busy, like you said, living in the past saying, oh, well, oh, this happened to me. That happened to me. It's like, okay, it did. But what are you going to do today? Yeah. Who do you want to be now? hmm fact, if you then decide that that happened for you instead of to you, and you genuinely, not with sarcasm and facetious, you know, <laughs> cynicism, <laughs> oh, well, fine. How, did, how could that have possibly happened to me? Yeah, right. Or happened for me. But if you genuinely to say, well, how, how could that have possibly happened for me? If in some crazy version of this universe, uh, this event happened for me that I'm, I'm viewing as bad and woe is me, if it happened for me, what could that be? And you start wondering and you start taking action on some of those ideas. And you start thinking about how everything could be happening for you. I promise you, your life will change. Mm-hmm. Now, have you always been this positive, intentional person? Or how did you decide that, okay, you know what? I'm going to lay down my mistakes in my past and I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, that's a great question. So no, that, you know, it's, it's 45 years worth of growth and change and experience and ups and downs. So definitely, I, I've always been genuinely... I, I would say a, a half glass or glass half full type of a guy, I would say for the, for the most part. Um, that doesn't mean that I was as diligent in my efforts of, of growth and well-being. Uh, in fact, even when I first enrolled at IPEC in 2009, I, I, it's embarrassing to say almost, I don't really get embarrassed anymore, but I was almost embarrassed that 
I didn't feel like I needed any more self-development. I'd done a ton already, right? And I was already just like the smartest guy in the mm-hmm. world in my brain. Uh, and then just even by going through that coach training program and learning different ways to recognize fears and blocks and limiting beliefs in others so that I could recognize the same in myself. And even just by going through a coach training program or working with a coach, there's so much growth in it because you start, again, as I mentioned earlier, you're getting questions asked of yourself that you wouldn't normally have asked yourself. And the friends and, and family and people around you aren't asking you because they're in their own regular patterns. And you're probably surrounding yourself with them for a reason because it's comfortable. That doesn't make them bad. But it does, if, if you recognize there's opportunities for growth in your life and you're still surrounding yourself with all the same people who are doing all the same behaviors all the time, there's not going to be a lot of room for you to grow. And so I felt like I was in a space, but I'd say even just going through the program and then coaching others, uh, as I learned to serve others, I learned to serve myself as well. The more I can become the best version of myself, I feel like I am, am empowering others to do the same. Mm-hmm. Right? I feel like if we can go as a society from one that is, is believing in survival of the fittest and I have to beat you to win to one of cooperation and one of instead it's it's my only competition is me and who I was yesterday and if I can be the absolute best version of myself in every capacity and that's what I'm striving for every day and by doing that I'm empowering others to do the same while I'm simultaneously being the light that I want to see in the world so that others can see that feel that and be that as well I mean that is the way that's how we change the world that's how we take it to your point earlier of so many people being woe is me to woe Whoa is me, right? <laughs> Whoa, this is a life, the thing called life, and I can do whatever I want with it. I don't have to sit here and say that I'm a victim of a, you know, whoa is me. Um, anyway, so that, 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 that's the intention. No, I, I love it. And just with the, pre- you know, and, and I say this too, with the pressures of the world, um, the news cycles and everything, and especially the day and age that we're living in right now, what helpful piece of advice could you give people who are saying, you know what, you know, I lost my job or I'm, I'm ill, or I just, I just don't see when this is going to turn around. How can they, how can they lift themselves up? So it's a great question and it's an ever changing world, right? And so a couple different things. First, and this is this is my opinion. This is one step that I would take is stop watching the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in general, I haven't watched the news in years. I you know, agree. And, and all the stuff that 2020 bring, like I, I can find out what I need to know pretty easily. Mm-hmm. It's pretty just with a phone call or text. There's something that involves my local, something that involves my family, something that involves who I need to be. I don't need to be watching, you know, 30 hours of news a week, mm-hmm. right? To, to get that information, the same sad, angry, fear-based stories that you're hearing. That's my opinion. I, so that would be a suggestion. But outside of that, um, it's, which is actually similar. So that the news, whether you decide to stop watching news or not, it is be a very aware of what your thoughts are. Be very aware of what's getting through your brain. Be very aware of what you're listening to. Be aware of the people you're surrounding yourself with. Be aware of the conversations you have. Are they pointing you? Are your, fear, are your thoughts, not your fears, fear is a liar. <laughs> are your thoughts focusing you towards who you want to be? Are you waking up every day and thinking thoughts and surrounding yourself with people and having conversations that are, are creating thoughts that serve you and serve this, this intention of this North Star of who you want to be? What type of television are you watching? I don't really watch television in general, but when I do, it's educational in the sense that it's, it's going to be something on how it's going, how I can be a better human being. You know, if you're spent, you can certainly spend 20 hours binge watching a season of something on Netflix, or you could spend eight of those 
searching YouTube for, you know, people who are out there and going to teach you how to control your mind and, and control your thoughts and be the best version of yourself and live your best life. And which one is a better use of your time? So I guess I would boil that down even a little bit further as a tip and just be consistently asking yourself, is this the best use of my time, whatever you're doing? Mm. That's a great place to start. That's great advice. I I totally agree. Yeah, I stopped watching the, the news years ago as well because it's just, it's insane. And I found that it does, it, it really plays on your mind. And I found that it started making me anxious. And I said, you know, this this is not what I want. So yeah, I stopped watching the news years ago. Yeah, it's like, how how do you feel? And especially if you're writing it, watching it right before bed. Mm-hmm. And it's not like whether you're in this crazy times or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> even, you know, years ago or whatever, um, it's not like the news is filled with good news. You know, <laughs> it, it is like murder, all these there are terrible things you just hear. Right? I mean, my wife used to watch eventually. We just had a conversation. I just, I didn't watch it in general. But I'm like, this is what you're putting into your head right before you go to bed. Pay attention and write down the headline of every story that is just over the next 15 minutes right before you go to bed and see if that's what you want to be feeding your subconscious with as you go to bed, as you go to rest. Is that what you want your mind to be the last thing it heard and felt? How did you feel after hearing these stories? Did you feel good? Are you excited? Are you appreciative of life? Are you scared? Are you you put in place of fear and overwhelm what the world is actually like in in people's scenarios? And the more you stare at that, the more you're actually creating it. We talked about all being creators, but when you create thoughts of stress, anger, and overwhelm based on just witnessing horrible things and being reminded of fear and and why you should be afraid every single day, um, you know, that's what you're bringing into your life. And that's what you're bringing into your conversations. And as a parent, as a friend, as a sibling, you know, as, as, as a human being, to be the best versions of ourselves doesn't mean scare people. It means empower people. It means love people. It means create um, gratitude for their existence and allow them to do the same. I don't think the news does that. No, it doesn't. And wow, this has been amazing. We're going to go into our questions because I'm very interested in your answers to the questions because this you have been such a ray of sunshine. I mean, your enthusiasm and your intentional outlook on life. I love it. So we're going to go into our questions. I am ready. I'm blessed to be here. Thank you, Trina. Okay. Who or what motivates you? Life itself. Mm. Okay. What demotivates you? Uh, What demotivates me? So in the sense of, I guess, what what demotivates me? I, I think when I see people not taking advantage of the gift of life. I'm demotivated by their behavior. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough question. Cause I don't know what you mean by demotivated. It could be in, anything. You... I mean, it doesn't, whatever, whatever that personally, right. professionally, whatever. Yeah. So my, what demotivates me is when, when I see people not want, even want to try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Uh, many, many times. In fact, every single time anything that was done has, has worked for my good. And I, so if I could think of one example, um, I just, you know, just friendships I've had, just, uh, arguments I've had, whatever, if, if I'm willing to learn from them, even with, um, with my wife, with my best friends at any different time, if, if a situation is something was said to me and afterwards I realize, okay, what can I learn from the situation? Um, they, they all work for it to be better. Mm. I, I honestly believe everything is happening for us. Mm. Good answer. What is your fear? Uh, my fear is that I pay attention to fear. Mm. Wow. That was powerful. Okay. Yeah. Is there a time when you wish you had done something 
that you didn't? Uh, I, so to, there was, is there a time, like, do I wish that I had, do I wish now that I had done something when I was past or is it a time when I, I wished I did it and I just decided not to instead? Well, is there a time that you wish you had done something that you didn't? So it could be years ago, yesterday, whatever. Yeah. I think in general, I wish that I had like now, you know, the old, if I go back in time and talk to old Ryan or young Ryan, Mm -hmm. younger Ryan. I think that I wish that I had focused more on who I wanted to be instead of being a people pleaser. I was a people pleaser mm-hmm. for a long time. And uh, I wanted to, my identity was around making people happy, but sometimes it was making them happy just because I felt like I needed their happiness to make me happy. Mm. Uh, and so now I've shifted. I can still be a people pleaser. I still love to make people happy, but I do it by being happy myself and doing the best, being the best version of myself as possible. Mm. Is there a time you wish you had not done something? Um, my gosh, you know, I hate to be this guy, but the, in the grand scheme of things, I know that I'm exactly who I am based on everything that I've done. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I could sit there and pick my brain and be like, ah, I would that, like, that hurt more than I would have <laughs> liked it to. Um, but I also believe that like there are no mistakes. There are only lessons. And every single decision is made based on who I was. And so uh, in general, no, I, I'm going to say with who I am today, I, I believe that thing has left me exactly who I'm supposed to be. And, and I know that I'm, I'm changing the world because of it. So okay, I'll say no. What is your definition of success? Being able to do what you want, when you want, with whom you want, and not feel guilty for anything ever. Hmm. How do you recharge? I recharge with music. Uh, I'm a huge band of the, uh, a fan of the band Fish, P-H-I-S-H. Mm-hmm. And so I listen to a lot of their music when I'm ready to recharge. Uh, I rest as well. I like a, I like a good night's sleep. Um, I meditate every single day. So to start my day, I think meditation. So all, all of the above, <laughs> I guess, is probably my, my combination thereof. Okay. What are you awesome at? I am awesome at being present. I am awesome at celebrating other people. I am awesome at enjoying life intentionally and purposefully. Uh, I'm awesome at creating gratitude. I am awesome at sharing love and empowering others to be the best versions of themselves. Mm. Now, I believe you answered this in your uh, conversation, but what legacy do you want to leave? Yeah, and it is an important question. So thank you so much for asking. I mean, really, it was a big part of writing this book, right? And so all the things I just mentioned that I'm awesome at, to be honest with you, that, that's the legacy that I want to leave. I want to leave somebody, I want to be the book in itself. And I have some other books I think that I plan to write. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just somebody that lived on purpose, somebody that um, wanted to be the best version of themselves so they could empower others to do the same. Mm. A great father, a great brother, a great husband, uh, somebody that made a difference in the world and had a global impact. Mm. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. I mean, the whole conversation has been motivational, but if you could leave the listeners with anything, what would you leave them with? I will t- I'll keep it as brief as possible. And it's a little bit of a summary of what I, what I covered, but listen, if you, if you are listening to this and you're ready to make a change today, you recognize from what you've heard that there are other truths that you have not been considering out there, that life is a gift and it is happening for you. And maybe that's a possibility and that it could be a certain time from now you could wake up and your day will be your, your 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 day will be exactly what you want it to be. Your life will be exactly what you want it to be. If you can believe that's to be true, and it is, no matter what you've been or where you've been, decide who you want to be. 
just make some time today. It can be 10 minutes. It could be three hours. Write down exactly who you want to be in all areas of your life. If you could wake up, let's just, we'll call it a year from now, from, uh, a year from now for now, we'll call it just one year. And you could wake up a year from now and have it be exactly the day, life be exactly how you want it to be physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, in all areas of your life. Write that down. Then after you get a clear understanding of what that is, decide that it is absolutely a possibility and create genuine gratitude for not only the fact that that, that, um, that it is a possibility, but be for the outcome itself and be grateful that that is your future. And then when you wake up tomorrow morning, read that out loud. And then when you go to bed tomorrow night, read it out loud again. And each time you read it out loud, create gratitude for your ability to manifest it and the, and the outcome itself. And then the next day when you wake up, do the same thing. And now each day moving forward, take action towards that. Take, take some bit of action towards who you want to be every single day and create gratitude for your ability to take action towards it and your ability to manifest it and now the ability for the outcome itself. And when you start stepping into your greatness every single day because you know who you want to be, you are now a creator of your future. You're not just somebody who's staring at the past. You are, listen, when you think about this, we are all energy. We're all made up of atoms, which is made up of energy. So literally, we're all these energy beings, a consciousness expressing itself, and you get to decide who you want to be. You've been programmed to think that you're at the effect of life, but you're not. You're in charge of your life. Write it down. Say it out loud. Create gratitude for it. Surround yourself with people who will do the same and people who will lift you up and empower you to be the best version of yourself. And stop spending time with people who bring you down, will judge you, or tell you that you're not good enough to be anything you want to be. Life is a gift. Remember that every single day and take action towards it. You're not here by accident. You're Be here on purpose and live the life you deserve. Wow, I love it. Ryan, tell the listeners how they can connect with you, whether it be for coaching, how they can find your book, social media platforms, whatever it is that you want the listeners to know. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you again so much for the opportunity. Uh, so my name is Ryan Stanley. That's R-Y-A-N-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y. And so you can find all the information or any ways to get in contact with me at ryanstanley.com. Uh, if you go and you were to purchase a copy of my book, which again is called Be Patient, Be Present, Be Joyful, a first aid kit for the emotional bump, scrapes, and bruises of life. You can buy it on my website. If you do, you'll get a, a signed copy um, from me. And you'll also, depending on my availability, could get a, a coaching session, complimentary coaching session as well. But if you find yourself on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or whatever all the time and you just want to buy it on Amazon, uh, I know the holidays are coming up. You are welcome to just purchase it there as well. You'll see all the reviews there also. Um, but social media wise, I mean, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, all the buttons, um, <laughs> if, all the buttons will be on my website. I think for Twitter and Instagram, it's RMS underscore Ryan Stanley. And, um, I think Facebook might be something different like RMS life coach or something. But if you go to my, if you go to ryanstanley.com, there'll be buttons there. You can find me. And I'd love to see you. In fact, if you do, please connect, say hello, tell me that you heard me on this website. And, uh, I look forward to connecting from there. Great. Well, Ryan, I thank you for just really inspiring me because you're just just your positivity and your passion it really comes through so I'm really grateful for that and I just thank you for being with me today yeah truly blessed blessed to be here thank you so much for having me I hope we can do it again sure if you like Trina Talk podcast please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review also who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their lives Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination.